Hello, ladies and gentlemen, my name is John, and welcome to Outside the Ropes, the podcast where we discuss everything WWE. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 99 of season 2. Today is Wednesday, and today is the July 20th edition of NXT. Last week's NXT was pretty insane. On the back of the Great American Bash, the July 13th edition of NXT was a big show, including a massive main event showdown. After weeks of taunting Johnny Gargano, uh, has gotten his shot at the NXT Championship. But you most likely bit off more than you can chew with the one and only Kieran Cross, even if special guest Samoa Joe tried to protect him from the NXT champion. The breakout tournament was one of the biggest success stories of for the Beckham Go brand last year and it began and it began again last week. So the first round match that started the tournament was 205 Live. Uh, Ikemen Jiro facing against the cocky Duke Hudson, and Duke Hudson was the one to advance. There was also big matches set for that night, including Dexter Lewis versus Santo Escobar, Saray versus Gigi Berlin, and Dakota Kai taking on Ember Moon. And the night was said to be packed with top stars competing at the highest level. And of course, only the absolute best could emerge victorious, including one man holding the NXT Championship. But Something after the NXT Championship match really raised some eyeballs, or eyebrows, I should say. What happened last week, after the NXT Championship match, Heron Cross has defended and he retained. But after the match was shocking. Cross went ahead and choked out Samoan Joe, sending a message to him. And so tonight, Samoa Joe will speak about what he thought about what Samoa, what Cross did to him here tonight. I have absolutely no idea what kind of type of havoc could happen with Joe and Cross, but it's going to be absolutely insane. But tonight, it's going to be a huge night along with that because we also have a championship title defense, and that is the NXT Women's Championship being defended here tonight. And so without further ado, let's go ahead and get right into this big episode of NXT and see what happens here tonight. NXT is evolving. Each week, this roster is evolving with established stars heading to Monday Night Raw and Friday Night SmackDown. The July 2nd, 20th edition continued to create their new foundation of the black and gold brand. Raquel Gonzalez remained a dominant champion in NXT, but she faced an unlike or threatened like she has ever battled. Zion Lee demanded a title shot at the NXT Women's Championship for Honor and for Tian Shaw. Diamond has attempted to make a statement at the expense of NXT Cruiserweight Champion Kushida. The Japanese superstar is ready to answer back and attack to match alongside Bobby Fish, facing Roderick Strong and Tyler Rust. Last week's show ended with Karen Cross choking out Samoa Joe following a successful title defense, and the enforcer of Raylan Regals will promise a, prom uh, promise a response to the action of, of the NXT Champion. The breakout tournament continues to roll on this week. Odyssey Jones and Andre Chase will make their NXT debuts in a one-on-one -on -one clash of power against speed. Frankie Monet has been an enigma in NXT, gaining power and importance without competing against the top competitors. This week, she was glad to step into the ring again, though her latest opponent was unknown. This jam-packed show promised an attempt to bring excitement back to the roster in a flux.
So tonight's NXT almost over with a video package looking at what happened last week and what's going to happen here tonight. With them live from the Capitol Rising Center, as we're joined by Vic Joseph and when he's joined at Ring Sub at Wade Barrett and Hall of Famer Beth Phoenix. So we go right to the ring and out comes the one and only Samoa Joe, who is dressed to fight. He, of course, has his, uh, his hands wrapped up, ready to go. Joe then says, Tech Talk, who's come to smash your clock? Of course, Aaron Cross. But then that's when William Regal rushes down and says, This is not what I wanted. You cannot be calling out superstars. Joe then says, uh, and reminds Rico of their agreement that he can get physical if provoked. Then that's when Rico says, You entered the ring last week as a referee and Cross land your hands on a referee. But then Joe says, Cross is out of control and he needs to get put down. You have no control, Cross, and probably don't know about his title. No field, field trip to Raw. I'm here to put Cross down. Rickland says, Cross is on his way here, and when he gets here, all hell will not break loose. He will handle this peacefully. Do you understand? The fans then chant, let them fight. Joe then says, because of your respect, because of my respect for you, I can guarantee this will be the end of this. But I can't guarantee it will end peacefully and someone is going to sleep tonight. Joe then drops the mic and enters the ring. The fans chant his name. That is absolutely... That was very... Very tense. Joe literally wants to put Cross to sleep because of what he did last week. But Regal is just trying to do anything he can to stop Joe from doing anything bad. Joe wants to fight. wants to put Cross to sleep. But Regal isn't allowing it to happen. He wants it to end peacefully. But of course, Cross says, it will not end peacefully and someone's getting to sleep. That is just absolutely insane. I mean, I, I mean, this is going to get super tense, I can tell. When Cross gets here, it's going to be crazy. <clears throat> so most likely, this might be like a slow building segment over the entire episode of NXT. So we'll, we'll see what happens as time goes on. So after that, the announcers then send us to a video package or a video from Xylee who... He speaks in uh, Chinese with a promo on the NXT Women's Champion Raquel Gonzalez. Zaili says in Chinese, I have been waiting for this moment as it is the most important moment of my career. I will leave as champion. I plan to do to Gonzalez or I plan to do to you what I did to Mercedes Martinez, making me the first Chinese NXT Women's Champion. 
And so this match will be tonight's main event. This is going to be pretty huge. So after that, we then go back to the ring and out comes the Diamond Mine, Roderick Strong, and Tyler Rust with Malcolm Bivens and Hideki Suzuki. Now known as uh, Akiman, I believe it. I don't know. Akiman or something like that. NXT Cruiserweight Champion Kashida Bobby Lashley suddenly attack out of nowhere at the entrance to get the upper hand. Both teams brought to the ring and continue to and Kushida and Fish keep control strong and rust. And Kushida and Fish clear the ring as the referee tries to restore order as we head to commercial. As coming up next, it's going to be a tag team match between the Diamond Mines, Tyler Rust, and Roderick Strong taking on the NXT Cruiserweight Champion Kushida and Bobby Fish. We then head to commercial. We return for the break and Fish is in control of Strong to start off this match. But Kushida tags in and they deal with Team Strong with kicks. Kushida on the ground Strong as the fans chant his name. Kushida continues with the offense as he works on the arm of uh, Strong before Fish comes back in. But then Strong quickly got away and makes a tag. So that's when Fish and Rust trade strikes between each other. But then Fish gets the upper hand with the knees and a takedown. Fish then continues with the offense as he launches himself back in from the apron with a senton. He then covers on Strong for the pin, but Strong kicks it out two. Strong, no, gets out of one. That's when Kashida tags back in, but then Strong turns the offense right back around in the corner. Strong tries to go for a suplex on Kashida, but Kashida blocks it and loads on Strong with more strikes. Kashida goes for another armbar takedown, but then Strong turns that into a backbreaker. Strong Continues with the offense as he locks in an ankle lock to Kashido. That's when Ross attacks in and drops, uh, and drops on Kashido as Strong holds him down. Ross continues with the offense as he nails a belly to belly suplex on Kashido. That's when Ross continues to keep control and kicks Kashido in the back as a fan's different fists come in. That's when Strong comes right back in with a chops of Kashido in the corner. But then Kashido tries to get some offense back in there. As he fights out of the corner, but then Strong cuts off his offense right off once more with a DDT. He then covers on Kushida for the pinball. Kushida kicks it at two. Strong continues to ground Kushida in the middle of the ring. And the fans try to rally for Kushida. The Kushida tries to fight off both opponents, but they once again get the upper hand to cut off the offense once more. Kushida nails, uh, nails a double springboard elbow on both opponents. To get an opening. That's when he tags in Fish and runs wild on Rust with strikes. Fish, the knock strong off the apron, continues to keep control of Rust, nearly a clothesline. He then covers on Rust for the pin, but Rust takes it at two. Bivens is looking concerned from ringside as Hakiman chucks on Strong. That's when Strong suddenly assists Rust from the apron. But Rust eventually levels Fish to the floor, showing the tags in, and then slams Fish on the edge of the apron with a backbreaker as the fans boo the Diamond Mine. Showing the stands over Fish at ringside as the Diamond Mine are in control of this match so far as we head back to commercial. We return for the break, and Strong is continuing with the offense as he pounds on Fish while he's down. But then Rust tags back in as the fans try to rally for Fish. Rust 
it was a big axe kick to fish. He then covers on fish for the pin, but fish kicks him with two while Bivens is all smiles. Russ then grounds fish all around the ring. And then fish tries to get some offense back as he fights back. And Russ then fish trade strikes. That's when Strong ties back in and takes over on fish, keeping him down. Fish tries to get an opening, but Strong takes him right back down once more. Strong continues with more big strikes on the mat to keep Fish down. That's when Russ ends up coming back in, but then Fish knows a big spine buster. Shane then tags back in as he and Russ take out their opponents. Shane then runs wild and strong as a fan cheers on. That's when Strong continues with the offense. He knows a kick to Strong. He then covers on Strong for the pin, but Strong kicks him out too. That's when Kushido takes Strong down by his arm, and Strong was about to get a kick from Kushido. But Strong ducks it, and in comes Rust. Kushida went for another move, but then Rust counters and nails a gun wrench suplex. No, excuse me, gun wrench powerbomb to Kushida in the middle of the ring. This then leads to more back and forth offense between these two, but it leads into uh, Kushida going for the hoverboard lock, but Rust blocks it and applies an ankle lock, but then Kushida kicks him away. Both men tango on the Rust hits the upper hand as he drops Kushida on his head. It looks like they might have put this match away as Russ covers on Kushida for the pin, but Fish breaks up the pin at two. That's when Fish and Strong tumble out to the floor. Kushida with more offense to Russ's arm, and Kushida then takes Russ down and goes for the pin, and he gets the one, two, and three, and Kushida and Bobby Fish are your winner. After the match, Kushida and Fish stand tall as we got a replace and the diamond I accidentally pinned to win, but it was actually Kushida going for the hoverboard lock and then Rust tapping out for the victory. After the match, Kushida and Fish stand tall as we got a replace and the diamond mine recovers. So this was a pretty solid match. Between these two teams, there was a lot of physicality, and a lot of them, of course, all four members or all four superstars had a chance to sign in this match. Now, of course, there was some backstory to this match because when the Diamond Mine made their first appearance, they went ahead and triple teamed Kushida, which was pretty insane. It will be interesting to see what the diamond might can go on from here. Fish and Kushido look great today. But the future of the diamond mine lures around for now until we find out next week. So after that, we then see a video from earlier today with the with million dollar champion LA Knight arriving in his white Corvette with Butler Cameron Grimes driving. And they're arguing about have got them, got them here faster. The Corvette or Grimes' Rolls Royce. That's when Knight orders Grimes to get Knight's bags. And so Grimes has to carry like four bags, but he's of course struggling too. And then that's when Drake Maverick appears to try to help. But then that's what leads to Knight and Grimes having words between each other. And that's when Knight issues a challenge to Maverick and it's accepted. 
Grimes tries to apologize to Merrick, but the knight orders him to come along with them. As Grimes apologizes and it says, he got this. We then head back to commercial. So the second day of Grimes being Knight's butler is not working out too well. It's definitely not going on the same page. After that, it is then announced on August 22, 2021, it is time for TakeOver 36. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, TakeOver 36 is here, and I'm super pumped and excited for it, because this is going to get insane. After that, we didn't get a breakout, and if you don't know what uh, TakeOver 36 is going to be on, it's going to be on Sunday. Uh, SummerSlam is going to be on Saturday, August 21st. So, they right after SummerSlam take over 36 time. After that, we then get a breakout tournament video package on the one and only Audience Jones. We then see Samoa Joe backstage pacing around, waiting for Karen Cross to all arrive. After that, we then go back to the ring and out comes the one and only Frankie Monet. With Jesse Camillo. Jesse Jane is Frankie's opponent. The bell rings and the magic's other way as they get wired. Monet gets the upper hand early on as we see Robert Stone annoying Camille at ringside. Jane quickly tries to get a cover on Monet for the tries to get quickly get a cover on Monet, but Monet kicks away too. That's when Monet gets the upper hand with the offense with an insecurity. Jane tries to get some more offense in there, but then she goes for a move and says, oh no, excuse me, she went for a corner cannonball, but she misses. That's when Monet takes advantage with a big running double knees into the corner to cut off Jane's offense. Monet then with kicks in the corner and a scream to the crowd. Monet then continues to mount Jane with offense and with strikes in the mat. Monet then nails another big kick. Monet continues with the offense as she grounds Jane with a headlock as Stone and Camille look on from ringside. But then that's when the one and only Mandy Rose comes out and joins the announcers like a commentary. And then she just actually just sits on top of the announce table, laying back and looking at the action. Monet continues to unload on Jane in the corner. That's when Monet scoops up Jane in the, on her shoulders, and then Jane fights off. Jane then nails a her big character on a takedown and a big boot to take down Monet. Beth then says, Mandy is out here scouting. Jane nails a neckbreaker to Monet. She then covers on Monet for the pin, but Monet kicks away too. Jane tries to go for some more offense attempts, but Monet blocks some of it. That's when Monet delivers a few shots and then nails a road to one Van Hella and her shirt in the middle of the ring the pin to win. After the match, Monet stands tall as her music hits. Camille and Stone enter the ring to hyper Monet. But Monet and Camille seem annoyed by, annoyed by Stone. And also, Manuel Rose is nowhere to be seen. So, so coming on stone joining along with Monet is going to be pretty in, pretty interesting and it's 
of course, going to be a slow build story. But of course, the intriguing thing with this match was, was what role God's greatest creation plays with that were loco. That's what's not. Uh, this is a interesting thing to see as this has been building up since last week. So it will be interesting to see what happens when Rose finally confronts Renee in the future. This is, this is going to be something to look forward to in the next couple of weeks, potentially leading into a match at TakeOver, something like that. I don't know. But after that, we then get a video from earlier today with Mackenzie Mitchell interviewing Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory about last week's loss to NXT champion Karrion Cross. Gargano then says, I'm taking the boss rough, but I'm okay. That's when Kyle O'Reilly walks up and mentions how Theory had some words for him on Twitter. That's when Kyle challenges uh, Theory to a match, and it's on for later tonight. Gargano then tells Theory, you got, uh, you got yourself into this one, and you have to get yourself out of it. Gargano then says, you're on your own tonight. Go get him and give him a jab of encouragement. No. To go get him and then Gargano then gives him a jab, jab of encouragement. And then he's a bit confused as he heads commercial as Theory now has to go solo out to the ring to take on Kyle Riley. That match is coming up next. We then head back to commercial. Back from the break, Vic confirms that NXT were L-O, were air on sci-fi for the next two weeks because of the Olympics. The Olympics, of course, is going to last two weeks, and because of the Olympics happening, most of the Olympics stuff will be airing on the USA during Tuesday nights. And so, for the next two weeks, it's going to be on sci-fi, which is going to be pretty, in pretty interesting. So, after that, we then go to Bear for a send-down interview with Bronson Reed. Talks about how losing to the North American champion, or championship that Isaiah Azure saw, hurts him big time. He's taking it rough, and he's, of course, not okay with letting everyone down. Reed then says, I'm going to fight harder than ever, and I'll be wrestling Adam Cole next week. Heard the next boat. Listen, Reed says, why not fight the best? Cole ran his mouth last week, and I shut him down. The same thing will happen next week, but this time, I will finish the job. This is going to get serious. So, coming up next, it's going to be the crazy match between Austin Theory and Kyle Riley. Who's going to be coming up on top? I have no idea, but there's going to be someone on, someone Coming up on top in this match. We'll be right back after the break. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with the break 297 matches of the July 20th edition of NXT. Before the break, we went over our first second of the night, which is the one and only Samoa Joe calling out Kieran Cross. When Joe called across in the beginning of the show, 
Cross was not yet in the building. And so that's when Billy Rico came out and demanded that Joe would settle this feud peacefully. But the Simone submission specialist promised to end it but not peacefully. And so he then walked off and throughout the show, show far, we have seen uh, Joe stalking around the Reno, waiting for Joe, uh, waiting for Cross to arrive. It's gotten that serious that Joe is literally stalking around the arena until Cross arrives and he's going to put him to sleep. After that, we then had our first match of the night, which is the one and only Diamond Mine take on the team of Kishido and Bobby Fish. So Kishido and Bobby Fish attacked Roger Shaw and Tyler Rust on their way to the ring. And this gave him a short advantage with the Messiah of the backbreaker turned it around by reversing Kashida's signature technical offense into a series of vicious backbreakers. Fish got the odd tag and then set the heroes reeling once again through. Oh, once again, though, Diamond showed the back momentum and went strong. Threw Fish back first into the apron and a final big hot tag by the NXT Cruiserweight Champion in the ring alone with Rust, making him tap out to the hoverboard lock to get the victory. And then after that, we then had Ricky Monet take on Jesse Jane. And JC Jane. So Jesse Camille walked out with Frankie Monet only after the bell ring by Robert Stone. And Mandro sat down on the announce table to watch Monet's work. JC Jane got a few good shots on Monet, but Lover Loco put it down with a glam slam to get the victory. <coughs> Excuse me. And so we're now getting ready for the next match of the night, which is the one and only. Kyler Raleigh taking on Austin Theory. And so we go back to the ring and out comes first, the one and only Kyler Raleigh. Out comes next, the one and only Austin Theory by himself. Theory has walked out at a brand new theme song, which is, of course, the song that he would walk out to when he's, of course, alone, like what's going on here tonight. And so when, once everyone is ready to go, the bell rings. And the match is on the way as they yell at it, as they size each other up. They lock up in theory, gets the upper hand as he takes Rob Riley to the corner. He then backs off, and then both men lock up once more. Theory nails a takedown to Riley, but then they go at it once more, and Riley gets the upper hand, this time with a big kick. Theory tries to fight back, and he tries to slam Kyle, but Kyle starts working on the arm of Theory. That's when Theory there was a suplex to counter a move and overpower uh, Kyle. That's when Theory continues to work Kyle over and talks some trash in his face. But Kyle tries to fight back with some offense of his own with forearms, but he misses in the corner. That's when Theory takes advantage and takes back over with the offense and grounds Kyle with a headlock, talking trash while keeping him on the mat. This then leads to more back and forth between the two, but it leads into Kyle taking control of the offense and sends Theory to the floor. As we head to commercial, uh, head to a picture and picture commercial with Kyle in control of this match so far. Here is over the break in theory. Rocks Kyle with a forearm, then delivers a rolling modified neckbreaker. Theory then covers on Kyle for the pin, but Kyle kicks about two. Theory continues with the offense as he knows more big strikes to Kyle, but Kyle tries to fight back with some offense of his own, but Theory cuts his offense right back off. Uh, to keep uh, Kyle on his knees 
with more strikes. Kyle goes for a roll up, uh, but he misses. And so that's when Fury flies back in for the apron for a job kick, but then Kyle counters in, in midair and takes Theory down. Theory tries to scramble to the bottom rope to avoid the submission. And then that's when Theory nails a big stomp to Kyle on the apron. That's when Theory nails a rolling fisherman suplex onto Kyle. And then Kyle's covers on Kyle for the pin, but Kyle takes it out too. Theory continues to get the, uh, continues with the offense as he grounds Kyle by the arm. But Kyle tries to fight back up and out, but then Theory cuts his offense right off once more. That's when Kyle nails a knee to the gut of Theory to take Theory down. That's when Kyle continues with the offense as he nails a big knee strikes and kicks. That's when Kyle then sweeps Theory to the mat to finally mount some more solid offense. Kyle nails a running form to Theory into the corner. That's when Kyle grabs the arm of Theory and snaps the arm and delivers another knee into the corner. That's when Kyle nails a big kick and a takedown to Theory into an armbar submission in the middle of the ring. Theory tries to fight the arm submission off, but then that's when Kyle goes into the ankle lock. But Theory is screaming out in pain, but he gets to the bottom rope to break the hold. That's when Kyle takes advantage and drops a big elbow strike while Theory is on his knees. This then, this then leads more back and forth between these two but strikes and counters, but Kyle gets the upper hand as he drops Theory into the corner, but then he goes for the miss, he goes for the running knee, but he misses. That's when Theory takes the advantage with a big forearm. Theory then knows a big TKO in the middle of the ring. It looks like he might have put this match away as he covers on Kyle for the pin, but somehow Kyle kicks it at two. That's when Theory continues with the offense as he knows a big modified neckbreaker in the middle of the ring. He then covers on Kyle for the pin once more, but Kyle barely kicks it at two and a half, and Theory is showing some frustration. That's when Theory grabs half of the steel ring steps, but the referee yells at him to put it down. That's when Kyle is enraged by the sight of Theory trying to use his steps as he snaps on her loads of ring steps strikes, triggered by memories of the seal steps and his neck injury at the hands of Adam Cole a while back. That's when the action goes back into the ring and Kyle loads on Theory with more strikes. Kyle then nails a kick and a big forearm to the jaw to daze Theory on his knees. That's when Kyle nails a kick to the jaw to drop Theory into the mat. Kyle then goes to the top and nails a flying knee drop to, to the leg. Kyle with a heel hook in the middle of the ring. That's when Theory screams out and finally taps out and Kyle Riley is your winner. After the match, Kyle keeps the hold locked in as the referee tries to get him to break it. That's when Kyle finally breaks the hold and lets go as the music hits and he stands tall. We got to replay to see all the crazy action that happened here in this match, and we come back to see Kyle Brady, Kyle celebrating to end the segment. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So Theory and KOR had a great match together. Theory has consistently improved as a performer since he joined the way. This was a great showcase of where he worked as a smooth, clean, story-focused match with a tough veteran. This is ultimately about Ed Riley finding his killer instinct again 
Henry was a great opponent to push him until he had to flip that switch and it set the stage even more for a final battle between KOR and Cole that can end this rivalry. <clears throat> so after the match, Billy Mackenzie Mitchell is backstage with Dakota Kai and NXT Women's Champion Raquel Gonzalez. Mackenzie asked about the early words from Zai Lee to Gonzalez. Gonzalez, of course, is in Sweaty Lee. Kai then says, Lee came in after last week's went over Ember Moon and stole the spotlight. About my last week's win or of my win over Ember Moon and stole the spotlight. So now Gonzalez, I'll make your pay for. Gonzalez then says, I'm not worried about anyone in Tian Shaw. After I put Lee down tonight, there will be no one left. Gonzalez then walks off and Kai then follows. So to come, there will be a Mariaki Madness musical with Legado del Fantasma. What in the world is going to happen here? So, I think I know what's going on here. During... During the Great American Bash, that row was, was doing a championship celebration cipher. Where they do like, a, if you don't know what a cipher is, it's all, it's like a bunch of people rapping. To a beat, whatever. But this time, it's gonna be a Mariaki Mariaki Madness musical. And this, of course, is all sending a message to Hit Row. I have absolutely no idea what's gonna happen, but this is gonna get pretty crazy. So we return to the break, and we see a few Mariaki band members of the ring with guitars. Look at all the Fantasmas out, Santos Escobar, Raul Mendoza, and Joel Queen Wilds. Escobar says, I was going to give you a sample of my Mexican heritage, but I changed my mind. And so he then dismisses the Mariachi band members and says, I will not lower myself to entertain you. I'm not going to do the hit road thing. That's when Escobar talks about how he will take the North American Championship from Isaiah for Scott. And then that's when the music interrupts and out comes Hit Row, Scott, B-Fab, Topdoll, Agent Francis, and Ashante, the Adonis. They speak from the stage and B-Fab starts insulting them first. And so... Everyone starts taking shots at each other, but then that's when Escobar curses someone smatters and says, I'm going to take the title back to Mexico. And then Adonis says, bingo, we got action. And so Hit Row drops her mics and heads to the ring as the god of Atasma gets ready to fight. Escobar then sends Wilder Mendoza to the fight, but then Dala and Adonis take them out. That's when Scott and Escobar have words in the middle of the ring and they prefer to fight. And prefer to fight. Scott swings first and they go at it. Escobar drops Scott and picks up one of the Mark uh, Mariachi guitars and he goes to swing it, but then B Fab 
grabs the guitar from the apron and snatches it from him. That's when Asimov turns back around and Scott drops him down. Scott then grabs the guitar from BFAB and taunts Asimov. He then swings the guitar but then Asimov ducks and retreats out to the floor. That's when Hit Row alerts Scott to Wild trying to attack from behind. As Odala then drops Wild with a belt shot and then taunts Asimov with the belt. That's when Asimov warns Swerve not to hit Wild with the guitar but he smashes it over the back anyway. Everyone then pushes in the ring and taunts Asimov as the music hits. Absolutely crazy. So the story of looking out of Tazo versus Hit Row has gained so much heat thanks to the history behind Swerve versus Escobar. Scott has a fantastic promo and only needed a few words to make it clear that this is all this all goes back to the very first match between these two men. But both teams look like heels, the crowd have found the team they were behind. Swerve was seriously over in the segment when the two clash for the next North American Championship opportunity will be one of the biggest matches NXT could put on. Now, I want to go ahead and point out and say, look out of the Phantasma is a little short with members because, well, look out of the Phantasma has Santa Six War, Raul Mendoza, and Joe Queen Wilds. Hit Row has, Bifa, uh, has Swerve, Adonis, and has uh, has Francis, but they don't have a woman superstar along with them. And that's of course Bianca Brandy. And so, but both teams both have three guys. Like Aldova Tasma is winning, is missing a woman superstar to be a part of that group. And I think that's exactly what they need. If they want to be even with Hit Row, they need a woman superstar just like Hit Row does. So, if only if they things want to get exactly even, that's what looking all the Delta Tasman needs to do. So, after that, we then see the way it's backstage. Gargano tries to calm them, but then Candice Ray points out how things have been horrible for them lately, including their title losses, and they all agree. Candice then asks Austin Theory why he keeps picking fights. With people he can't beat. That's Indy Hartwell tells Candace to stop being so hard on them. Indy then says, I clearly wanted to kiss Dexter Loomis. Gargano, Hartwell, and Ray argue while Theory shakes his head, grabs his gear, and walks off, disappointed while the others fail to notice him leaving. And Theory then believes the way is now falling apart. We then head to commercial. After the break, and we see Samoa Joe is still waiting for Karen Cross. As he's literally looking out the door, waiting for Cross to arrive. That's when Regal approaches and need him to relax. But assures him Cross will be here. Joe is of course furious and talks about respect between the two. And Joe then says, I'll be the first to put the first person to get free Cross when he arrives. Regal then asks him to keep it peaceful. After that, we then go back to the ring and outcome and for the next first round match in the 2021 NXT Breakout Tournament, out comes, comes out Andre Chase. Out comes next Odyssey Jones. Jones is a pop on his way to the ring. 
Once everyone is ready to go, the bell rings and the magic is on the way as they lock up. John gets the upper hand as he sends Chase to the corner with a light shove. That's when they go at it once again, and Joan Jones shows some power. Chase with a kick to bring Jones to his knees. Chase knows a big running boot to the face, but then Jones comes right back with some offense of his own and drops Chase with one shot. Chase went for another move, and then Jones catches catches him and nails a power bomb, and then Chase slides out. Jones then clotheslines Chase over the top rope out to the floor. That's when Chase tries to fight back, he gets the upper hand on the floor. Chase then nails a form, but then Jones drops him at the announce table. Chase tries to come back with some offense of his own as he uses his speed and then sends Jones, Jones face first into the ring post. Chase brings Jones back in, into the ring and goes to cover on Jones for the pin, but Jones kicks him at two. Jones went for another move and then Chase dodges it and then sends Jones face first into the turnbuckles. Chase continues to keep control and goes to the top for the moonsault and he nails it in. He then goes to cover on Jones with a pin but Jones kicks out with two once more. That's when Chain Chase runs Jones and nails in an arm submission as a fan tried rally for Jones. Jones in love with Chase with a body block. Jones continues in more offense using his big frame. Jones gets the upper hand as he knows a backsplash into the corner, then a running splash. Chase went for another move, and then Jones catches him with a big one arm power slam. He then covers on Chase for the pin, and he gets a one, two, and three. And Odyssey Jones is your winner. After the match, Jones stands tall as his music hits. That was a very crazy match. Excuse me. So what is he Jones? Oh, his size definitely wasn't have advantage of this match. Well, Chase did have the speed advantage. Jones, of course, was a giant and he was very dominant in this match. So with Jones moving on to the next round and the first round, Turning off on the good hand, it'll be interesting to see what Jones will be facing against going into the next uh, round. So we'll see what happens. But nonetheless, a solid first round match between Jones and Chase. After that, we then see Mackenzie Mitchell is backstage with the NXT Tag Team Champions, MSK, asking what's next for them. They say they will continue to avoid the momentum Wait, ride the wave of momentum and look forward to the next challengers. Mackenzie this says, They never told us what MSK stands for. They told us a picture of this in Dayton, Ohio, 2015. We then cut to a video of Imperium's Marcel Bartel and Fabian Anchor. Bartel talks about how his father told him when he was young that he had to respect the business. The Met is scar scared to them. They go on knocking the rest of the tag division like Hit Row, MSK, and more. And they're here to reserve the purity of the sport by any means necessary. They then come back to MSK and say that this is what MSK stands for. McKenzie then says, 
it all makes sense. She then high fives them to end the segment as we head back to commercial. We return for the break and we see Pete Down and Ori lurking his backstage and talk about Timothy Thatcher and Tomato Chamber stepping up to them last week. But then says, I've been calling everyone out, hearing whoever thinks they are a better or better technician to step up. And last week, Thatcher and Chamber finally did. I challenge you to a match next week. Logan then says, I'm down for a scrap next week as well. So we can see how tough Thatcher and Chamber think they are. After that, when they go back to the ring, out comes the million dollar champion, LA Knight, with his butler, Cameron Grimes. And Jake Maverick is waiting in the ring. Once everyone is ready to go, Bell rings and the match is on the way as Knight is dealing with Grimes at ringside with his back turned, telling him to keep the million dollar title belt in the air for this non-title belt. That's when Drake takes the advantage and attacks Knight from behind and takes control. And the Knight easily turns the offense right back around and now he's a back suplex to take uh, Maverick down. That's when Knight gets distracted with Grimes again as he goes to ringside and makes him hold the million dollar title in the air. Ruffy then starts to count to 10. But Knight comes right back in and gets Drake on his shoulders. But then Drake turns the offense right back around into a Hercarano. That's when Drake knows a crossbody from the top rope. He then covers on Knight for the pin, but Knight kicks out at two. Knight tries to mount some more offense, but then Knight drops him and keeps control and wastes some time showing off. Knight also wastes some time on having Grimes hold the title belt in the air. That's when Drake takes advantage of the distraction and attacks from behind again. Rolling up Knight for the pin, and he gets to 1, 2, and 3, and Drake Mavic is your winner. After the match, Grimes is thrilled with Drake's win. Drake celebrates as his music hits. Grimes tries to alert Drake as Knight then slowly attacks Drake from behind for the payback. Knight then unloads all around Drake and says to Grimes, this is all your fault. Grimes then comes in and puts... Uh, Puts his hands on Knight, telling him to stop because the match is over. Grimes then yells in Knight's face. Knight then says, This is not over. Grimes then, It's your turn. And he says that to Knight. No, excuse me, says that to Grimes. That's when Knight says, I want you to take Trey out because. Take Trey out. Uh, take Drake out. And, that's, and he's saying that to Grimes. But of course, Grimes is not interested. And so he goes to leave when the knight suddenly brings him back into the ring. Knight then reminds Grimes how he said that he is a man of his word. And so Knight then holds Drake up so Grimes can punch him in the mouth. And the fans chant no to stop him from doing it. But Grimes hesitates but he finally drops Drake with a, with a big hit. And the fans boo and Grimes isn't happy with himself. And Knight then orders Grimes to follow him as they head to the back. So, the story was definitely well told throughout the match. Maverick remains a fiery cruiserweight that can make any heel look dangerous. He fits perfectly into the story. Grimes was a heel and outstarted, however, and it's all it has so completely turned him face that, that he can now cannot bring himself to hit a defenseless man without uh, an assistance. That's maybe, maybe one of NXT's best stories at the moment.
So after that, we then see Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez back, you know, backstage getting ready for the main event. The announcers then show us a video package for the events that led to this match. Like, of course, when Raquel Gonzalez... No, excuse me. Uh, when the one and only... Ramon took on Dakota Kai and Rick and Kai got the victory, but then after the match, Zaylee came out to confront Raquel Gonzalez and challenge her to the Axis Championship match here tonight. So we then head back to commercial. After the break, we see a black car arriving in the back parking lot. That's when Samoa Joe storms the driver door, but it's just a random staffer. And so gra Joe grabs the guy. Thinking it's carrying Cross, and Jordan asked where Cross, Cross is. The driver then says, Cross is already out front. Apparently, Cross had the guy drop him off here. And so Joe, Joe then storms off looking for Cross. <clears throat> Excuse me. So the announcers then go over next week's show, which will earn Slifeway as well the following week. Next week, it will be Josh Briggs taking on. Carmelo Hayes in the breakout tournament match. Also, of course, Pete Dunne and Pete Dunne and Oni Lurkin take on the one of the only Tomasa Champo and Timothy Thatcher. And of course, Adam Cole taking on the one and only Pete Dunne. No, not Pete Dunne. Uh, the Colossal Bronson Reed. There's going to be a lot of crazy stuff to look forward to next week on Sci-Fi as it's going to be a loaded card. But coming up next, it's going to be the main event, the NXT Women's Championship match between Zia Lee and Raquel Gonzalez. Who is going to be coming out as a champion for the, for the incredible uh, transformation of Zia Lee can put away the champion or the champion's size advantage and power put away Tian Shaw's very own Xiaoli. We're gonna find out those answers coming up next. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with the rank from the main event of the July 20th edition of NXT. It's been a crazy night so far. As before the break, we went over our next match of the night, which was the one and only Kyler Riley taking on Austin Theory. So Kyler Riley challenged Austin Theory due to comments made by Theory previously, and so Johnny Gargano told his prestige that he had to wrestle on his own this time. And so Theory came in confident and asserted his strength early, and he was answered with a strike to KOR, who sent him reeling outside, but the two went back and forth as Riley warmed Theory more with a focused tag in the leg of the bigger man. O'Reilly nearly made the theory tap out to an ankle lock, but the big man nearly took out the win off the spinning fireman's curry slam, followed by a neckbreaker. However, theory set off an anger and O'Reilly by grabbing the steel steps that led to him hitting a driving knees drop into a kneel bar for the victory. And the way argued backstage about theory losing and then Indy Hartwell was crushed from Dexter Loomis, and theory then walked out after the ghetto would not high five, but would not high five him. After that, we then had luck out of a Tazwell's, uh, quote-unquote, Moriaki Musical Madness. 
So, <clears throat> excuse me. So, like another attempt that I promised a mariachi musical madness, but Senzo Escobar told his mariachi players to leave the ring. He then refused to lower himself to the level of Hit Row by using music rather than wrestling to define himself. And so that's when Hit Row arrived to talk down the group as Ezra Scott explained the way uh, that this was his payback for Raul Mendoza and Joaquin Wilde getting in the way of them winning the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. That's when a brawl broke out between the two groups where BFAB uh, save Swerve from taking a guitar to the back in response. Hit Row isolated Wild, who took a super kick and a guitar shot to the back for his trouble. <clears throat> and after that, we then had the NXT breakout tournament between uh, Odyssey Jones and Andre Chase. So Odyssey Jones made, made this clear how much the NXT opportunity mattered to him. And so Pete, uh, before that happened, uh, Pete Dunn and Ori called out Tomasa Champo to beat Thatcher rematch next week. MSK already explained what, what their team name stands for when Imperium took over the feed. Mr. Martel, but Marcel Martel and Fabian Anchor insulted the tag team division for dishonoring this scar mat with the antics and with their actions. And so Andre Chase stopped everyone early by taking down Odyssey Jones with help from the announced sequel. He then had a moonsault on a standing Jones and almost stole the victory. However, the big man had a second win and never looked back. He then planted Chase with a side slam to take the 1 2 3 in the victory. <clears throat> then, last one at least, we then had LA Knight take on Drake Maverick. So, LA Knight mocked Cameron Grimes and forced him to carry his bags into the arena earlier in the night. And Drake Maverick tried to help the technical savage leading into Knight challenging him. Into the match, Million dollar champion looked down it until he took his eye off the ball. He kept demanding that his butler hold the title high for him. Everything then sent Knight right into the championship and rolled him up for the three kill. Afterward, Knight angrily beat down Maverick. Grimes tried to hold Maverick until Knight demanded he punched Maverick in the face until Grimes had to be the man of, a, of his word and follow Knight's demands. And so now we are ready for the main event. Tian Shaw's very own Xyli takes on the NXT Women's Champion Raquel Gonzalez. And so we go back to the ring and out comes, excuse me, we go back to the ring and out comes Tian Shaw's very own Xyli makes her out, makes her way out first. Lee is alone, no sign of Tian Shaw or Tian Shaw, for Tian Shaw partners, but or of course, Mei Ying. Out comes next, the NXT Cruiserweight, the NXT Women's Champion herself, Raquel Gonzalez, with Dakota Kai. Gonzalez and Lee meet in the middle of the ring as Kai watches from the apron. Then they get former reintroductions from Alyssa Taylor. Once everyone is ready to go, the bell rings and the matches of the way as the both women Wedded. Lee and Gonzalez lock out Gonzalez gets the upper hand as she takes Lee to the corner and they break. They both lock up once more, but Gonzalez overpowers once more. She then then she then sends Lee to the mat with a shoulder. 
And so as Danielle to Leah about respecting her. And so Leah then kicks up and then suddenly rocks Gonzalez and jumps at her back with a zebra hold. But then Gonzalez pulls Lee's grabs away and then slams Lee to the mat. That's when Lee tries for a takedown with Gonzalez overpowers once more and then sends Lee into the corner. Gonzalez runs into the corner when the G runs into a boot from Lee. This then leads to more back and forth between the two and the corner. But then Gonzalez gets the upper hand while she lowers Lee and then sends her into the floor, yelling at her even more. Gonzalez then lifts up Lee and then torpedoes her into the ring post. Gonzalez then brings Lee back into the ring, but then Lee goes right to the floor to stall. Gonzalez runs towards Lee with a big boot, but then Lee quickly gets out of the way and Gonzalez hits the ring post. Gonzalez is stuck in the ring post as Lee uh, takes the advantage and loads on Gonzalez's leg, slamming it into the ring post over and over and over again. That's when Lee then tackles Gonzalez into the steel ring steps. Lee then returns to the ring and stands tall as Gonzalez tries to recover a ringside, limping and struggling as we go to com a picture commercial, picture and picture commercial with Lee in control of this match so far. Lee takes Gonzalez back down by her leg and continues to stay on her. Lee continues with the offense as she unloads on Gonzalez with strikes in the corner, kicking Gonzalez in the gut as the referee warns her. That's when Lee then grabs the leg and delivers more strikes to it to injure the leg of, of Gonzalez even more. Gonzalez is rolling around in pain, but Lee continues to stay on her. Lee then nails a knee to the back against the ropes as the referee warns Lee. Gonzalez was about to get a takedown from Lee, but Gonzalez blocks it and takes Lee down by her leg. Gonzalez went for a move, and then Lee counters on the mat and applies a heel hook submission. Gonzalez is yelling out in pain, as of course this is on the hurt or injured leg that Lee has been attacking throughout this match so far. And so Gonzalez tries to counter the hold, but Lee continues to keep it locked in. We then return from the picture in picture commercial as Lee continues to mount Gonzalez in the corner with elbow strikes. Lee continues to hang on her hurt leg on the middle rope and then drop kicks Gonzalez's hurt leg a few times on the rope. Lee continues with the offense with more offense with the hurt leg as Gonzalez is rolling around the mat in pain. Gonzalez knows another uh, Lee then covers Gonzalez for the pinball. Gonzalez kicks out with two. That's when Lee nails a single lap crab submission in the middle of the ring as Gonzalez continues to scream out in absolute pain on that injured leg. Gonzalez tries to power it out of it and she ends up doing it as she catches Lee in a big fallaway slam. Gonzalez trying to get some more offense in there as she Drop kicks Lee to the mat. She then covers on Lee for the pin, but Lee kicks out at two. This then leads more back and forth offense between the two women, but Gonzalez tries to get the upper hand with the one arm power bomb, but Lee blocks it and delivers more knee strikes. They take on the mat as Lee goes for the jackknife pin attempt, but it's not enough. That's when Lee then delivers a spinning roundhouse kick while Gonzalez is down on the mat. It looks like Lee might have put this match away as she goes to cover on Gonzalez, but Gonzalez 
barely kicks out at two and a half. <clears throat> Excuse me. We, Kai is watching from ringside and you can see the worry in her face. We continue to deliver strikes while Gonzalez is on her knees. But Gonzalez powers up and drives Lee to the mat. Gonzalez nails a corkscrew Vader bomb on the corner and then she covers on Lee for the pin, but Lee kicks out at two. Gonzalez yells at Lee to get up as the referee checks on her, but she's not moving. A ringside doctor is also checking on Lee, and another crew comes over. Kyle and Gonzalez discuss what's happening in the corner across the ring. That's when Gonzalez continues to yell at Lee to get up. You get a replay of that modified Vader bomb from earlier, and it was just that was straight to the torso of Lee, and that was definitely very brutal. But Lee is then released by the medical, medical uh, WWE medicals and the match continues. But then Gonzalez immediately grabs Lee and then drives her into the mat with a choke slam. And then she goes for the pin and she gets a 1, 2, and 3. And Raquel Gonzalez retains the championship. After the match, Gonzalez stands on Yozo. As her music hits, we go to replays and the announcers keep blaming Lee's injury on the modified Vader bomb. And I would potentially agree with that. And Gonzalez and Kyle stand on the stage together. So, Gonzalez has not had a challenge quite like this today as champion. This is the first time she was wrestling someone less experienced than her in a major match. The two made this work. As he went for the classic tactic of wearing down the big wrestler by taking her to the leg. But Lee took a bad bump off of the Vader bomb. And the match came to a close right there with Gonzalez nailing a choke slam. And Lee getting pinned and losing her championship opportunity. So Lee was basically taking control of this match. Pretty much the whole entire match. Lee continued to injure the leg of Gonzalez over and over and over again throughout the whole entire match. And that's why Lee basically had the upper hand throughout the whole entire match. But Lee got injured because of that Vader bomb, that modified Vader bomb from Gonzalez directly on top of Lee. And that was more brutal if I've ever seen a Vader bomb. And so because of that. Vader bomb that cut the offense right off from Lee and Lee was basically emotionless but she was still cleared and because that gave Gonzalez so much time to recover she easily just grabbed Lee and just nailed the choke slam and got the victory for the 1-2-3 if it wasn't for the Vader bomb who knows who, what the result would have been maybe Lee might have actually been the new champion because that injury that Lee was putting on Lee or Lee was putting on Gonzalez throughout this whole entire match so maybe quite maybe Lee could have been your new NXT Women's Champion if it wasn't for that modified beer ball so what I do want to say though is that I hope this isn't a serious injury and I hope Lee can get right back in it and I most likely can see that 
hopefully once a rematch for the cruiserweight you know not why keep saying cruiserweight the women's championship so if that does happen that would be pretty exciting to see what happens and maybe maybe we could see a title change with lee becoming the new nxt women's champion we'll see so as gonzalez and kai were standing toe on the stage that's when the one and only Samoa Joe comes marching down the ramp, right past Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Cog. He then calls out, turning cross out, that goes on about how there will be a, a reckoning tonight. And he will stomp Cross all over the building. But then that's when Cross appears on the big screen and says, This is the same place you walked away from. I am the new beginning, the weight of the future. And this means I can go wherever I want whatever I want and hurt anybody I want the camera then pans to the ground and we see William Regal is down across his feet Joe runs out of the ring and rushes to the back across and asks Joe do you still feel like he's in control Boston walks away seems something to Regal about who's watching who but Rico is laid out on the pavement from an attack that happened before Cross appeared on the big screen. Cross gets in his car and drives away as Joe, you can hear the voice of Joe screaming at Cross. But Joe is too late as Cross has speeded off far too quickly before Joe can catch up. It was a perfectly timed lightning strike as Cross made his exit, and I see he was off the air with Joe seething as Rico was still down on the concrete, looking emotionless. Absolutely unbelievable. That was shocking. Cross literally attacked the general manager, really, Rico. was absolutely unbelievable so like I said in the beginning of the show when when uh when Samojo came out to call out Karen Cross this is a sh sh show building segment over the entire episode of NXT that worked perfectly and there's a few in any wrestling that sells anger like the Samoan submission specialist he came off more dangerous than anyone else in NXT, even Cross. That final twist, the close of the show, shifted that momentum right back. No matter what Cross does in Raw, he still has a fantastic story to finish in NXT that needs to be protected. And Cross versus Joe should be special. For Cross to attack, for Cross to attack, Regal, it's a whole different ball game now. It's a whole different ball game now. Regal continuously said throughout the whole entire night to keep this peaceful between Cross and Joe. But now that Cross has attacked Regal and it's not peaceful whatsoever, 
What does this mean? Is Regal actually going to allow Joe to compete because of what Cross just did? I have absolutely no idea, but that can potentially be a pretty big possibility. This is going to be absolutely crazy. I have no idea what could happen here, but this is going to get crazy. I don't know for sure. It's it's going to get more, way, way, way more tense going into the next few weeks. And so with that being said, that is in conclusion of this week's episode of NXT. What a shocking ending. That was absolutely insane. So next week is going to be pretty crazy because NXT is going to go to sci-fi. We have a, quite a few crazy matches to look forward to. Adam Cole versus Bronson Reed, Pete Dunne, and uh, Oni Lorcan take it on. You want to know Lee, uh, Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher. The breakout tournament continues. A lot more craziness to look forward to for next week. So I'm excited to see what in the world is going to happen next week, but it's going to be pretty insane to see what in the world is going to happen for the next few weeks. And so with that being said, it's going to be a crazy night next week. Because, of course, for the Olympics happening on the USA Network and NBC and stuff like that, of course, NXT has to move to sci-fi. But I'm sure if you have sci-fi, you should be able to watch NXT normally. Now, we still have a big week still to come because this Friday, it's going to be a pretty huge episode of NXT. NXT. Pretty huge episode of Friday Night SmackDown. The follow episode of SmackDown after Money the Bank this past Sunday, and we will hear from the Chavo Chief. And of course, John Cena returning to SmackDown for the first time in quite some time. Quite possibly confronting uh, Roman Rings and see what in the world is going to happen. So I'm excited for that. Also, of course, it's going to be at two different locations of Rolling Stone, uh, Rolling Stone, and of course, Ohio, that's going to be pretty exciting to see what happens with that. Um, and of course, the one and only Bianca Belair defends her title once more against the one and only, quote unquote, most beautiful woman in WWE, Carmelo. And I believe this one might this quite possibly be at the one and only Rolling Stone. So this will be pretty interesting to see what happens with that. So with that being said, that is going to conclude today's episode of Out to the Ropes. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. What a crazy crazy night jeez jeez absolutely insane all right so that will do here tonight you guys join me and i'll see you guys this saturday for the highlights of nxt wow i keep saying the wrong episodes today wow i'll see you guys this saturday for the highlights of front eight smackdown see you guys next time